Hi guys, this is weird. It is, isn't it? I know we... Now, it's practi- not just you that's a roving reporter now. <laughs> I know we practised this last week by accident, being away from each other, but yeah, weird nonetheless. So, um, where are you? At home, same as the rest of the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm in my dining room. Oh, by or the, the office, is it known? By the shop here. Literally known now. I've got a fire. I've lit a fire. Because it's cold. Oh. Very nice. That's very cosy. What was a roaring fire? <laughs> Fires burn a lot of Tom, I assume you're at home as well. I am indeed. I'm in the, I'm in the spare bedroom. So. Mm. Nice to have a bit of company for half an hour, to be honest. Indeed. It makes a difference, doesn't it? Shall we? Well, um... Rachel, you're, you're going to have a lot of company soon. So, yes, I shouldn't say that, <laughs> should I? Actually, I'm going to regret that comment. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we get on with the show? Let's do it. You're listening to the Real Reading Podcast. Hello. 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 I'm Hugh Fort. I'm Rachel Never. And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to episode 93 of the Real Reading Podcast. Like us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Real Reading Podcast Group to join us on Facebook. This week, our special guest is James Carter. He is the head of clinical programs, mental health for the NHS in Thames Valley and Hampshire. Um, thought it was worth getting him on whilst uh, we're all sort of secluded and um, just to talk about everything that's going on to talk about what you can do to help yourselves and you know just to keep a clear head um in light of everything that's going on as we discussed in the preamble um there's a few changes to the format this week Um, but we start with fort explains it all which this time is about hugh what do you think it's about i don't know (laughs) (laughs) the only thing yeah where we're all going on a summer holiday it's about our good friend coronavirus which is causing mayhem on many levels around many mm. levels reading, reading and the country in general indeed indeed um okay so uh in the meantime here's jeremy with how you can get in touch with the show get in touch with the team email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk find us on twitter and instagram at realreadingpod and join our facebook group by searching real reading podcast Thanks, Jeremy. You'll notice we have all new Jeremy sound effects, so look forward to those throughout. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but Jeremy did agree to uh, allowing us to create some Jeremugs, um, which at some point will be available. Uh, we I don't know. We should give them away as prizes, I think. A Jeremug uh, with how to get in touch with us. Jeremug. That's he, quite a, yeah, I mean, that's quite a celebrity thing, I isn't think it? So, yeah. I mean, a mug with your own face on. And, and, a, and a fine actor as well. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so should we? We best get on with it, I suppose. Um, Hugh, are you are you ready? Hugh's typing. Oh, you can. This is a trouble, listeners. You'll be able to hear whilst uh, whilst we're doing this podcast. When we go off and uh, sort of aren't quite listening properly, you'll be able to hear us typing away. Which you, which uh, you know, we'll we'll play a game of who was it? Who was it that time? I think it was probably Hugh. I just always think it's Hugh. So, okay, uh, it's time for Fort explains it all. This is Fort Explained It All. Hello, everybody. We are going to talk about the effect coronavirus is having on on, on Reading in general, not not specifically about people in terms of um, how many people have it and how that how how that is affecting things, but more uh, looking at what the council has had to do. Um, in the wake of everybody being sent home to work at home um, because obviously the council has some very uh, serious, serious jobs that it needs to continue to do. Um, But at the same time, having sent its staff to work away away from the, uh, the offices, it's going to find it quite tricky. So in terms of what's not happening, let's start with that. So libraries are closed. Reading Town Hall is closed. Leisure centres are closed. Reading Museum, if anyone fancies going there, is closed. The Hexagon <laughs> and various other arts arts operations are closed. And, of course, the Civic Centre itself is closed. So this, this is the sort of day-to-day non-essential running of Reading Borough Council just isn't going to happen yeah. for the foreseeable future. What is still happening is frontline services. So things like uh, children's services, social care, um, looking after the elderly. So visits to um, home visits to vulnerable older people um, with, you know, helping with their, their living, helping them to live their lives at home that will still happen um and uh, they're not even having as many meetings i think they're still having the most serious meetings but they're all gonna they're going to sit further apart from each other and things like that try to reduce the uh the the problems the the risk of infection obviously we've we've been told to do this social distancing um should keeping just... to... sorry, Hugh. Should we just explain too, what that doorbell keeping is? Keeping too close. Oh uh, yeah, sorry. The doorbell in the background you're hearing is the doorbell to my shop, which is next door. Sorry, my my partner's shop. It's not my shop. Um, and it rings every Still time someone comes busy. in or goes out. So, oh. um, yes, it is pretty busy. We think people are. It's a hardware store for those people who don't know, and we think people are. Um, some of our older older customers might be stockpiling things to do DIY with um, because it is rumoured that people over the age of 70 are going to be advised to stay at home for quite a long time. And we think that they are going to use that time to do some DIY at home. And certainly it's been a very steady stream of people in and out of the door. Don't you sell a lot of um, like 
refillable things as well. Are people stocking uh, yeah. up a lot on yeah, like, washing up liquid? Yeah, and... washing up liquid, washing liquid, yeah, that sort of stuff. Yeah, people are, people are um, stocking up on that. We're very busy at the moment. We we think it's going to tail at once. We think it's going to tail off a bit um, over the next few weeks. But at, as it, at the moment, yeah, there's a lot of people coming in for all sorts of things. There's going to be some amazing houses, <laughs> in, internal designed houses. All those jobs that have needed doing for the last 10 years are going to get done. Yeah, so, yeah, so... my husband upstairs cleaning uh, cleaning under the bed at the moment. Oh, That's just the start of it. <laughs> That's like the first thing on the list. <laughs> presumably there's not a lot Rich can do working from home, working we'll, um, retail. So is he, is he off? We'll talk about Rich um, uh, in a little while, if that's all right, guys. Oh, he's, part of our, he's part of okay. our script, so we'll talk, about, we'll talk about what's going on in a little while. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, sorry, Hugh, you were talking about... Um, that was my fault. I took us off track. Um, Hugh, you were talking about what was open. Uh, well, yeah, so in terms of being able to go into the council to get to, sort, to talk to people, you can't. Um, but, you know, in terms of other things at Reading, there are still shops and some restaurants and some bars are still open. Um, the, the order from the government hasn't yet to um, come in for those to shut. So they're still struggling on, I imagine. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you which shops are open because we're not, we're, we're not in Reading. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Um but I'm yeah, sure I wonder if any are. of the big ones, the big ones, have shut yet. Like, um, you know, John Lewis or House of Fraser. That yeah, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I imagine the change. You'd will expect be something first. like Marks and Spencers would perhaps stay open more because of the sort of food hall element than anything else. But yeah. I know a lot of the the shops have started to close or are over the next three or four yeah, days. Yeah, you think so. re- retail shops. Um, Clothes shops would probably be the first to close, and big chains as well. I would guess that the independent traders will try to stay open as long as they can, just to get some people coming in and yeah. some money in before they yeah. before they feel they have to shut or they get told to shut. Um, it's not a good situation. We'll have to see. Uh, see over the next with few something, months. With something like the hexagon, Hugh, I don't know if you've um, had any contact with them because there was obviously a lot of performances and things that would have been scheduled and people will have bought tickets for. Would you, is there any indication of what might happen with that kind of thing? Will there be refunds uh, or is it just lost or rescheduled? Not sure. I think a lot of the stuff will be re- rescheduled. It's hard to reschedule anything at the moment though, isn't it? Because we don't know. We don't know anything. Oh, yeah. We don't know how long this is going to last for. Um Reading, uh, the other, another thing that's been cancelled is Reading Half Marathon. Um, Reading Beer so Festival's been cancelled. And Reading Beer Festival. So that is, um, the Half Marathon is, has been, I think, has been um, rescheduled for the autumn. Yes, I but believe that's Who true. knows? The big one, big if. which would be hugely. Um, usually damaging to the town if it were to go it's Reading Festival yeah. it hasn't yet um, they haven't because they're in August and uh, so they've got more time to 
to see see the situation unfold. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. you've got hun- you've got hundreds of thousands of people coming from all over the country into what is a mass gathering. Yeah. Um, so, you know that that's one to look at, isn't it? The the festival, the town, the town will lose millions and millions um, if the festival doesn't happen. Um, but if the situation is still as it is, having ninety odd thousand or whatever it is that all in a crowd together in a mosh pit, essentially. Um, that very much contravenes the uh, government and safe um, social distancing uh, guidelines. So, like I say, it hasn't been cancelled and it is still five months away. Um, but we will be keeping a very close eye on what does happen with the Reading Festival. Thank you. Just, um, just I guess, to finish off, um, where do people need to go if they do need to contact the council? Who do they need to speak to? How do they need to access them? Yeah, so just to just to end, really, if you want to co- contact the council, you can do do it through various online means, emails through the website, or you can call 0118-937-3787. That's the main switchboard. Couldn't possibly tell you how long you're going to have to wait to speak to someone, but um, that's, that's what they're advising now. Uh, and for all... All the information on locally and indeed nationally on coronavirus, uh, you can visit Berkshire Live. We're writing about <laughs> 10 stories a day on it. Just a little plug in there. Um, thank you. Uh, that's the end of part one. We'll wrap that up there. Uh, in part two, we talk to James Carter on mental health. And we'll also talk a little bit about what we're all up to. Welcome back to part two. Um, so, Rach, I know you've got particular, particular. I was going to say beef. That's not the right word, is it? You've got particular uh, insight here on um, how stuff's affecting us. Hugh and I, um, currently childless, you obviously have um, particular issues. Well, maybe not issues necessarily, but particular challenges coming up. Do you want to tell us a little bit about um, what's going to be going on at Shez Nimeth? Nimeth? Yeah. Nemeth, or just Nemeth. Um, <laughs> yeah, so obviously, <laughs> different pronunciations. Spend ten minutes just pronouncing your surname. Marvelous. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously, we've got a, a slight added complication of a four-year-old Zachary who's in reception class at primary school. Um, I'm just, I'm going to be a bit careful about whinging about it to be honest because I think as far as situations and scenarios go um, ours is not a bad one compared to a lot of people Um, so yeah the schools will be closing as of tomorrow so that's Friday the 20th um, and after that Zachary will be home for the foreseeable which is a quite a daunting prospect, yes. um, not least because I'm still expected to be able to work from home with a, a contained four-year-old. Um, our house is not enormous, so there's only so many places I can hide with the laptop to try and get anything done. Um, 
but the other thing is that we are going to have to start um, like home education, basically. I mean, we're not expected to do the same level of, of teaching that, that he would get at school because we're not teachers, um, but we have to do what we can. You know, he's learned such a lot since he's been at Thameside since September that it would be just awful if all of that learning sort of fell to the wayside um, whilst they're off because it could be four weeks and it could be four months you know you just don't know how long this is going to go on so um, in Chateau Nemeth we have been busy preparing um, printing out some like home learning workbooks that we found online um, we've been checking out the school have been really helpful in sending out learning apps that he can use at home which I think they do already use at school so he should be so he probably knows how to use them better than we do um yeah and uh, we're sort of lucky or not lucky that you know rich's shop is closed as of this week again for the foreseeable um this is your husband richard rich yeah, yeah. so uh, you know childcare isn't a concern we've there is somebody to look after zachary um but we will still have to share that sort of home learning yeah. um, responsibility between us. Um, and, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a juggling act. But like I said at the beginning of this, it's, you know, as far as situations go, ours is not a bad one compared to a lot of other people. Um, so I'm trying not to be too whingy about yeah. it and just trying to prepare <laughs> and... Um, yeah, so that's the sort of biggest concern, it, really. It sounds as well as sorry, Rachel. Toilet paper, obviously. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that's everybody's concern, isn't it? <laughs> I did. I felt like such a criminal, like such a social outcast, walking down the street with a pack of toilet roll yesterday that I'd gone up to uh, Southgate to <laughs> to get from the shop because we were on like the last two rolls, um, and you can't get it for love nor money on Tesco home delivery, so. Um, so sorry, Rachel. What I was going to say was, it sounds like um, Rich actually might be in a position to take on a few more kids. Just saying, you know, he's got spare time. <laughs> if any, uh, if I think any he listeners. would argue that 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 counts as a mass gathering, and therefore oh. <laughs> argue quite quite strongly, forcefully. <laughs> I suspect to get very. I mean, the thing right. the thing that I'm most worried about, if I'm honest, which kind of ties in with the your interview. Um, with James Carter is yeah. the kind of the impact of the isolation. So it's one thing if we can sort of make sure that we've got enough food and toilet roll and yeah. we've got stuff ready for Zach to do home learning and stuff. But I just, you know, I tried to explain it to him last night, what was going to be happening and, you know, explain that there's a bug and it's not very nice and it can make you very poorly so we've got to do everything we can to try and keep keep ourselves and people around us healthy and that you're not going to go to school. And then he's like, but how many weeks will I not be at school? He's like, well, I, I can't answer no, that. I don't, I, I don't know. And then he's like, but I can still go with my friends to the park, can't I? He's like, well, no, not, not really. I don't think that's allowed. 
So how do you explain to a four-year-old whose friends are his everything yeah. that he's not going to see any other kids for an indefinite amount of time? And actually, that's making me feel a bit emotional, so you should probably move on. Because, <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. that's going to be the bit that's really difficult, I think, um, for a lot yeah. of families. I think it's... And, you it's, know, um... if there's people who are at home by themselves, you know, there's three of us here, but people who live by themselves, this is going to be yeah. really difficult. It's... Um... I think it, it's sorry. I just wanted to say. So obviously, the yeah. three of us, none of us are actually in isolation. We are just working from home, but we're just all taking sensible precautions. I'm social distancing. Yes, yes. I think um, not. Not wish. Uh, you know, I, I, Rach. Obviously, that that's that's. I can totally understand and appreciate how how tough, especially for a four year old. I think I, I don't. I'm not trying to make light of it, but. For me personally, I can see this is going to hit me quite hard tomorrow night when I'm thinking, "Hmm, could go to the pub," um, and it's a, it's a, it's something that doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But that's something that I quite look forward to every week is just going to the pub and having a pint, and I think that's that's my going to the park, and I think that's gonna that's gonna. Yeah. It, it sounds slightly trivial, but at the same time, after a few weeks of that, I think it's going to become. It's going to become very interesting. And that's why we are trying to keep our podcast going. It may not sound brilliant at the moment because we're doing it over a phone, but that's why we want to keep the podcast going so that we're just not just for everybody else, but for ourselves. Hugh, sorry, you were going to say something. Yeah. I was just thinking about how, um, obviously, as a four-year-old, sorry, to come back to this, Rach, hopefully it won't. You know. Yeah, don't make me cry she's again. Turned, she's turned the camera <laughs> I off. I just managed to hold it together a minute ago. <laughs> but my my concern, I guess, would be if if it develops a situation develops where if you were to keep like um, you know you say you've downloaded home learning stuff and he he then understands that he is tech, almost at school but at home, and so that becomes part of his routine what then becomes a lot more difficult for you is if he was to start thinking he's not at school. Do you see what I mean? And mm. um, starts to go into those behavioural cycles where we're outside school and starts demanding things um, and doesn't do the sort of things that the school wants, wants you to do with him, if you see what I mean. Yeah. That would be. I think what we one of the many the worries. That we, the approach we're going to try and take, I think, we've obviously discussed it quite a lot between Mitch and I, and that we have to just we have to accept that we're teachers, not teachers, sorry, and a lot of the learning that they do at school in reception anyway is kind of play orientated or activity orientated rather than sitting down writing. Yeah. And reading all the time so I think we've decided that we're going to try and set a, um, a target of five things that he has to do each day so one of those will be that he's got to sit and do reading with us for 10 minutes he's got to do a bit of a maths booklet or whatever but we could make that fun maths where we get I don't know bits of pasta or you know, we get six apples and he's got to take two away and work out how many he's got left, that kind of thing. And then try and do some creative stuff, um, making things, uh, 
I don't know, and then some more like active stuff like music or you can get stuff on YouTube like kids yoga and st- just anything that would keep him engaged rather than what we can't do is just expect him to sit down at the table for two or three hours a day yeah. and work yeah. through workbooks because that's not how it is at school. Yeah. And he, he'll he just, he'll rebel against that and won't do it. We've got to make it fun. So he almost doesn't realise he's still learning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I was, I was just going to mention the scenario that's facing my, um, my sister my younger sister um who is 18 and in fact she's actually 17 she's 18 next month um she's doing supposed to be doing she was supposed to be doing her a levels um in the summer and they've all been cancelled so she is now facing a scenario where she doesn't know how they're going to work out what results of her exams are. She's not going to take any exams and she's essentially feeling a bit like she spent two years working towards something that isn't going to happen. And she's probably going to be probably going to be the only generation of people. I don't, I can't predict the future. I don't know how this is going to last in the long, long term, but the scenario could be that this year group, Will be the only one of the certainly one of the only generations to not have exam to not have have done exams. Yeah. Um, and how that's going to affect her, how they calculate her results, and to work for two years towards, you know, you know, we've all done it. You know, you work for two years yeah. and you start to intensify the work as the exams approach, and now all of a sudden. Um, she's essentially finished school and um, you know the, the finishing of school when you're 18 is quite a big thing um, yeah you have big you know you have big parties and it's suddenly a realization and it feels really <laughs> yeah. really strange for about a month when you're thinking I don't go to school anymore what, what happens now yeah. after doing it since you were four it's a it's a funny one isn't it because the idea of cancelling exams is the dream surely the, you know, when you when you're when you're getting up to, oh, I just wish these exams. I just wish I didn't have to do these. And then suddenly, then they're gone, and suddenly you're left with nothing. And you'll think you've been you've had yeah, it drilled whole... into you about the future for the last two years. You've got to do well in these because these are your future, and all of this. And then suddenly, nothing. Nothing I'm... in three months. Yeah. Three months off. Um, you know, she's got a job where she works one one day a week in the sandwich shop. Where... Um, and that's so all of a sudden she's now at home and she's, she's got gonna yeah sort of occupy herself all with this uncertainty about about everything really and it just Is um, she planning to go to uni or not Hugh I, I don't know if she's planning to go to university but she's had to count you know one of the very big things you do when you finish school is to go on a massive holiday with all your friends yeah. that's ca- that's cancelled <laughs> um Yes, and uh, we were going to go. Our family was all going to go to Italy. <laughs> that's cats. That's that's not going to happen. Um, and I just feel desperately sorry for her. And her older sister, who's nineteen at university, is going to come back as well. And they're talking about she's doing home learning, but they're talking about you know she's going to be at home for six months potentially until the start of the autumn term now. Um, 
and for people who are you know of that age and I just feel desperately sorry for them really um I feel sorry for anybody, everyone, anyone who gets it, anyone who thinks they might have it, anyone who has to isolate because they think they might have to have come in contact with someone with it. Yeah. Uh, My cousin um, thinks he might have had it or had, he certainly had something similar. And he's he's got two young children and a wife and he's had to spend seven days in his bedroom. Um, But also he doesn't feel like... the symptoms are he was experiencing are like having a like having a cold essentially and you can't take time off work um with a cold so he's been working yeah all by himself in his in his bedroom with his family you know living their lives in the other in the in the living room it's it's but that's what they keep talking about on the news at the moment the lack of testing yeah yeah like, you know, say, for example, your cousin there thinks that he had it and he isolated himself for a week. And then he said, right, I'm better now. It's gone. And he comes out. But he hadn't had it at all. It was it was just it the to... normal flu or another virus. And then he catches it again because he thinks yeah. thought he'd had it yeah. and didn't take the right precautions second time round. Mm. Or, to... to... or he gives whatever he's got to his wife. Um who that in in bed with 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 something in exactly the same situation, yeah. And they they've yeah. got another fourteen days. Yeah. So what happened with him is he started displaying symptoms. Um, he went away as discussed, and then the advice changed, and so now his whole family are um, are in isolation as well. But he still has to stay away because he's the one, from them because he's the one displaying the symptoms. Um, it's all very confusing. Um, and so, yeah, the scenario is that he he could possibly come out of his bedroom one day and then be infected by someone else in his family. I, you know, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, it's it not a good very situation. Confusing. Yeah, it's very confusing and and slightly worrying. And then, thanks, guys. It's it's just bizarre, really. It's one of the most. It it's certainly the most bizarre thing <laughs> I've. Yeah. Um, encountered in a long time thank you thank you guys um i think what that uh, is obviously you know I've, I've i've thrown timings out of the window on this i think um you know i think people just need to talk and if if we need to talk if we want to talk about things um but what i did want to do is move on to um what we've discussed as going to be slightly more positive segments moving forward um which is we've called this feature uh, we we thought about this feature quite a lot didn't we guys but we've decided to call it making the best of it um what is making the best of it well as as Hugh sort of Hugh and Rach sort of chatted about the different situations there and the sort of you know the the, the challenges and everything but at the same time as well there is an element to this where there's a lot of us who are kind of just going to be by ourselves or with our partners for for quite a lot of time and there's an opportunity for should we say self-improvement now my list is as long as my arm for self-improvement um i don't know about rach i think yours yours is probably quite short but hugh i imagine yours is probably just slightly longer than mine i would think <laughs> what do you what do you reckon <laughs> Right, right. Going first. <laughs> well, are we gonna are we gonna talk about this like weekly or are we gonna 
weekly. Yes, we're going to do it if weekly. If so, I'm going to sort of eke my list out and yes, perhaps I do one so. this week. And but, then I've got more to talk about. I think, but but also, um, I wanted to hear from from our listeners as well. What are you doing? What what's things? Are you taking up crocheting finally? Did, did have you had a dream to paint the the Michelangelo on the ceiling or something like that? You know, what have you done to <laughs> uh, to? Uh, when I say Michelangelo, I of course mean the turtle. Um, but <laughs> that's what you'd paint. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I was always more of a Donatello man myself, but. Um, yeah, so we want to hear from people. What are, what are you doing? What are you doing? The sort of these these sort of making the best of it, self improvement thing. So um, yeah, we'll do sort of bits and pieces every week, and we'll sort of see where we go from there. But um, I, I've I mean my from my first one, I'll ju- I'll just start it off. I just wrote fitness uh, mostly because now I've written it down and said it live on a podcast. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to get off my ass and um, oh, is that a swear? Does that count as a swear? No, I think that's fine. I'm okay with with uh, with with bottom. So um, yeah, I, I that's my that's my plan. I need to run. I need to do all sorts because, quite frankly, I am a state. Um, but Rach, what are you? What, what's you? What's number one? Or or pick, pick one from your list. Well, yeah, on a similar tip, really. Um, so last night I completed the Couch to Five K app. So I was going to sort of talk a little bit about that, but also recommend it to people because whilst yeah. we're not on total lockdown and we are allowed to go out and run because it is quite isolated, um, I started it quite a few months ago because um, it was just a really good opportunity for me to get out of the house and get some headspace really and um some exercise and I have never in my life run I even at school I used to feign sickness to get out of the cross country (laughs) I planned a flute exam for another year so that I missed it again Um, I just I've never been a runner but I started going and the first week all you have to do is run for one minute and then walk for three, run for one, walk for three, and you do that eight times over. And I I actually thought my heart was going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> I thought I was literally dying. Um, but the next week you run for two minutes and you think, I can't do that. I nearly died last week. Um, but then you do it. Yeah. And then the next week you're running for three and then it's five and suddenly you can run for ten minutes and you think, oh, my God, like this is... And by the end of nine weeks, which is what I completed last night, um, you can run for half an hour and do approximately 5K without stopping, which is... That's fantastic. I, yeah, I mean, I, did, I had to run that distance three times in the space of a week to complete the app. Yeah. And the first time I did it, I actually burst into tears at the end of the road which is becoming a bit of a theme this week. <laughs> <laughs> a lot, lot of tears this week. Um, because I was just so proud of myself that I just didn't think I'd ever be able to achieve that. And I blimmin' did it. So that is my first one. for you, Use the opportunity while we can still get out uh, to get out of the house. It's isolated, so it's relatively safe. It's good for your mental health to do a bit of exercise but the sense of achievement 
is just the bit that really keeps yeah. me going because I need to stress that I don't actually enjoy the running. <laughs> <laughs> it's still as hard as it was at the beginning, but that feeling when you get back afterwards, it can, especially if you've had um, a stressful day at work or a, just a stressful day, as I think we're all <laughs> going to experience over yeah. the coming months being cooped up with our nearest and dearest, um, just to get out and reset your your mood and your head, it leaves you much better able to deal with difficult stuff. So I just can't re- recommend it enough. Michael Johnson, he got me through. <laughs> Jono. So, yeah, download it, guys. Ah. It's good. Is it Couch to 5K, it's called? Yeah, I think it's a BBC app, okay. actually. But yeah, the Couch to 5K. Lovely stuff. So that's my one. Hugh, what about you? Uh, There's a few things I've been thinking of. But we um, only need one. Because, okay. um, Because you can do the next one next week. Because very much so, we are working at home. Um, Certainly, if this week is anything to go by, I haven't finished on time, even close to finished on time once this week with everything that's going on. Um, But what I was thinking is that what with the difficulty of perhaps at some point of getting hold of certain foods. Um, you're going to be using the opportunity to learn how to cook a few more dishes. Yeah. So it's almost like, mm-hmm. I don't want to compare it to rationing such because that's obviously a much more extreme thing, but you know, um, well, with not necessarily being able to get hold of everything you need at your own convenience and certainly not being able to order food online, um, then it's a chance to experiment with all the things that have been in the cupboard for <laughs> years. <Yes. laughs> try out, Forever. Try out a few new recipes, do a bit more vegetarian <laughs> cooking, um, yeah. and see what we... Um, I do like cooking, and um, I'm hoping now as well, What because what are the other thing is, um, without going into the office, you get more a bit more time because there's no commuting. Yep. There's no sitting in the traffic in Reading, which is a major, uh, major boost. Do you think this, this was the thing all along? Reading Council of... Reading Borough Council of... <laughs> of um, sorry, this is... This, spe- this, this is this is a complete plan. lie on my part, but um, solved, they've solved the traffic Outrageous problem in one go. Theory. Yeah, yeah. I've seen um, a few of those could have just gone week. with the monorail, could have done, could have yeah. done. <laughs> but that's, that's mine, and yeah, and um, I'm... Uh, and now with it getting lighter in the evenings as well, I am going to get my bike out at some point. My dad lives down the road, and every time I see him, he's like, "You got your bike ready?" Yet? <laughs> my dad cycles every day and is a cycling machine, and I'm going to be an embarrassed, embarrassed, breathy, sweaty mess who has to get off every time he approaches yeah, but... a slight incline in the road, that's and right. I'll probably hit the, the enormous pothole that's, that's the crater that's down the road and, and break my brakes several limbs and then be in traction. But um, I, yeah. have you got stabilizers on cue? I might have to get some. You know, I'm that, I think I'm that unconfident, and also. If I, if I, as I gather, every single cyclist has an altercation with a, with a motorist every time they go out. So I, I'm going to have to prepare myself, myself a few witty quips about about bit close there, mate. Hey, oh, hang on, he stopped. <laughs> Quick, cycle away. Oh no, then you'll cycle quicker. <laughs> oh no, a hill. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so there's a, there's a few things um, because just to end quickly, we, you know how I play cricket. 
I do, yes. Essentially, that's not that's quite unlikely. Certainly, there's not going to be no training until um, until potentially the start of the season, which is at the end of April, and it seems extremely unlikely that that's going to that anyone's going to be able to facilitate a cricket match um, in what essentially is five weeks' time. <laughs> so, if I'm not playing cricket, I need to go find some other way. Indeed. Of, venting my frustrations against the world so <laughs> thanks so for I'll be so I'll be doing that lovely stuff well we'll, we'll bring some more we're of those we're all going to be week. like lean mean oh, fighting yeah. machines by you the time we get so. I'm rich as well not paying for parking and... pay. <laughs> yeah it? true yes that is true um, okay, uh, thank you guys. We have now our interview with James Carter, who is the Head of Clinical Programmes for Mental Health for the NHS in Thames Valley and Hampshire. This is Fort Explains It All. Hi everybody, I have on the line James Carter from NHS Thames Valley and Hampshire. Uh, James, Hello. Hi Tom, nice to speak to you again. How are you and going to on? You. Yes, not too bad, not too bad. I am recording it this time. Uh, listeners won't be aware, but uh, I forgot to press record the last time we started this, so uh, started well. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do. We've obviously had you on the podcast previously, um, but just just remind listeners uh, your role and 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 your your what you're doing on the podcast this week. Yeah, sure. So, well, thanks for having me along. Um, so, my role is I work for what's called NHS England, which is the um, the overarching. Uh, NHS body for healthcare in England. Um, I work as part of uh, what's called uh, the regional programmes. So we actually work in mental, I work in mental health. I've got a team that works with me and we provide support to the Hampshire and Thames Valley uh, mental health and commissioners. Uh, so mental health services, I should say, commissioners, providers, etc. Um, been on with you before because we were talking about sort of the importance of mental health as things have developed. Yeah. I fancy sort of post-Brexit and now we're in a, the COVID-19 world, but, uh, you know, mental health and emotional well-being are still very important factors, possibly even more than they have been in the past. Um, and, you know, I also work, I should say, or I have a role as a, a board trustee at the football club, Reading Football Club's Community Trust. Um, and, you know, I'm very keen advocate of trying to ensure that the football club plays as much a role as it can within within the community. Yes, uh, yes, because I think yes, we we had you on talking specifically about sort of what the football club were doing as well, didn't we? If I remember rightly, uh, just just going yeah. right back. I know you said to me you want to just make it very very clear you aren't a clinician, um, but you know some of the stuff we talk about, um, you hopefully you'll be able to point us in in the right direction, the people to talk to if we need to. So just want to make that absolutely clear that you uh, you aren't a clinician, but um, you know. I, I think it's I think it's fair to say a worthwhile person to speak to if uh, if I well, may say. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Tom. I, I just you know it is such an important uh, sort of place at the moment, isn't it? Mental health, emotional well being. Yeah. Um, I think the whole sort of uh, social isolation element uh, really goes against our primeval instincts. <laughs> um, you know, when it comes to community and connection, you know, however much yeah. we have been sort of slightly stunted in the past uh, sort of 10, 15, 20 years of social media, um, I think we all crave that element of social connection and community. Um, and so when something is foisted upon us, such as uh, this social isolation um, 
have I got the term right there? Social, social distancing, social distancing, social distancing, and yeah, exactly. You know that. Um, you, you know, we're happy when it when when we want it. You know, we're happy if we want to be on our own, or we're happy if we're uh, if we're out walking out in the countryside on our own and we're enjoying what what we're actually involved in. But you know, it's quite an important sort of distinction to make because social isolation and loneliness are some of the key factors for poor mental health in the general population. So in a way, I think we're finding ourselves in some sort of spaces to understand what it is like to live in a socially isolated way and a lonely way. Um, not to send the tone down right away, but it is something that, that is out there and therefore yeah. we've got to think about it. So I'm glad to be part of the conversation. When uh, when I think of kind of isolation, I think of, um, I was going to say the great escape, uh, you know, when uh, when is it Steve McQueen goes into isolation, but but actually, I'm I'm slightly younger than The Great Escape, so I think of the bit in Chicken Run where um, the character played <laughs> by uh, Julia Sawala, the chicken, goes into isolation. She's throwing the, I think it's uh, I can't remember what it is. She's throwing them against a wall and it bounces back, and she's in like the coal pit. Um, obviously, I think yes, Great, great right, Escape. Yeah. What was it called? Was it the Chokey or was it that what it was called? I can't remember. No, it's the Cooler. The Cooler. The cooler. That's it. Yes, that's it. So <laughs> that's what I think of when it's when I think of kind of isolation. But kind of social isolation is, it's sort of it's one step. It's not quite that far. It, it's sort of it, it's being somewhere sort of together, but with with someone that you you know <laughs> you started off loving. Certainly, at the very least, and maybe in twelve weeks' time, we might have a we might have a few problems. I, 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 <laughs> Big know. spike in yeah. divorce divorce rates. <laughs> um, I have heard that. Yeah, it's that. I mean, I must admit that that does feel like some like a, a, a uh, uh, an actual concern that that sort of down the road. Um, because people aren't used to being in uh, in that kind of situation together for for that longer yeah. period of time, um, I guess. So in kind of kind of what we were going to talk about, did we are we are moving into a position. We're obviously not there yet. We're not being told we have to stay at home or anything like that. And it may not happen. We do. You know, we don't know. Um, but people are isolating themselves currently, and 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 the state of their uh, their their mental health may already be. Um, on a on a downward spiral, and you know, from from a personal point of view, I'm all right at the moment. It's you know, I've got I'm keeping busy, got work to do. But what can you sort of say to people? What can you what can you suggest to people that are kind of moving into that situation? What should we be doing? What should we we be trying to do? I guess I'm thinking kind of like of mindfulness and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what's important, I think, at this stage. And, you know, far be it from me, you know, I'm no sort of Zen master, nor am I <laughs> some sort of expert in mindfulness. I've got uh, two uh, primary school age kids. Uh, I've got a wife that is working sort of um, and we are really finding our way um, in my day job, finding it quite anxiety inducing myself. So I am sort of, you know, I'm, I'm sure we're all experiencing our own um, sort of issues. I think what we've got to be really clear about is there is a real opportunity when it comes to sort of emotional well-being to actually be proactive, to actually sort of think that, you know, these things that are happening around us, you know, they're not part of our internal narrative or they're not part of our own world. You know, almost that we are, um, yes, they are part of our of our world, but they aren't the thing that defines us. Okay, so yeah. we're not. Uh, we're not the issue with the government. We're not the issue with the fact that there are no toilet rolls in the supermarket. You know, we're not the issue that, you know, we may not see a, a parent or something like that, you know. So I think we've got to go easy on ourselves. 
I think we've got to recognise that, you know, be proactive, start to consider things like, you know, uh, let, not letting go of things, but certainly just being a little bit more forgiving of, of yourself, recognising that you're not in control of all of these things. You know, on a day-to-day basis, you may well be, um, you know, I get up at eight, have a shower, you know, get into work for nine, whatever it might be. And you've got some fairly decent control there. I think we've got to accept that in the next coming weeks, months, um, that we may not have as much control in our lives. But if we are proactive enough, or if we at least consider um, sort of how we can almost take some control back in a positive way, then actually we're on a much sort of better, more sort of virtuous cycle, virtuous circular approach, you know, that might actually benefit us in the longer term as well. Yes, I think that sounds. Uh, yeah, I, I think um, I think just just giving yourself a break sounds sounds like a like a bit of sound bit of advice there. Um, just kind of to start off with you, you kind of you were talking about before we started uh, before we started recording. You were talking about kind of community groups and and stuff like that. Do you want to just sort of explain a little bit about about those and what's going on? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? The, the, um, there's a really fantastic um, sort of five step program it's called the five steps to well-being uh, it's really well evidenced you can find it on several websites and um, i can give you a link for that as well tom yes please um please. what that what that re- what that registers is um the key elements it is for an individual to really take control of their well-being so there are five steps um or five ways i should say not steps that's sort of references to something potentially some, something quite different but five ways so connecting OK, um, whether that's at home or school or which, of course, we know, we know that that's a slightly different, yeah. <laughs> you know, but you know, being part of a community is really essential to, to actually sort of help you build sort of strength and resilience in your own respect and in your own sort of focus on, um, you know, how you uh, interact with the world. So being active, you know, again. We've got to start thinking if we are housebound or if we're in a situation here, then how do we exercise? How do we, uh, you know, discover, you know, and enjoy ourselves when we recognise that actually keeping mobile, you know, keeping fit and so on is an important factor for our well-being. And um, taking notice. So this talks a little bit to the mindfulness point, but you know, just being curious. You know, actually sort of thinking about, you know, unlocking your creativity. You know, thinking about craft. You know, there's crafting, there's sort of drawing, artistry, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, online courses, you know, keeping learning is another one, which I love, absolutely love. But, you know, there's loads of online courses. If you've got time on your hands, I notice these things starting to crop up now on Instagram, um, you know, uh, drawing classes, uh, you know, poetry classes, writing classes, you know, all those sorts of things are really important. But also um, giving as well and, and volunteering, being altruistic actually has such a benefit to your both your well-being and happiness that you know they're the the sort of the key elements of the five ways to well-being and if you can start to sort of be proactive in those spaces and consider all of the things that you're up to you know when you recognize you're under potential pressure or stress try and revert back to those five ways can be a really positive way of trying to take a bit of control back and be easy on yourself and also allow you to start to sort of think of new things to be doing you know focusing on things you know taking control of things and actually starting to enjoy in what is uh, you know enjoy yourself in what is a very constrained time i guess 
Um, do you, I, I sort of have in my mind that that part of part of my feelings towards this is that the fact that we don't know if there's an end date, we don't know when there's going to be an end date. Do you think? Do you think that's something that that? I mean, it's almost impossible to know when it's going to be over. But do you think that's something that that I, I feel like if I knew when it was going to finish, that would help? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I completely agree. I think. Um. It's the uncertainty, isn't it, more yeah. than anything else? Yeah. I think it's the uncertainty and, you know, without getting too political, I suppose, you know, being led at the moment, you know, in down this sort of daily sort of update, I think is actually a really positive thing in, in, in many respects because I think it sort of takes out the need for these sort of spin efforts that you sometimes see in, polit- in the political sort of realm. Um but there is an expectation that this will take days, weeks, months, yeah. and I think we as human beings we can't we can't deal with that. <laughs> you know, I think we crave control. You know, yeah. we, you think back to us being as you know, like primeval you know, human cavemen, whatever it might be, or cave people. But you know, we were always sort of you know we knew what our timescales were. We knew what our deadlines were. You know, if we're hungry. We need to go out to hunt. If we, you know, we, we, we planted for the seasons. We recognize all those things. And there aren't those sorts of, um, there aren't those sort of tracks here in the future that we can actually say, Oh, well, we know where we're going to be in a few weeks time, or we know where we are in a few days time. Um, and at the moment, I think we are very much on that sort of ramping up phase with the, yeah. with the virus that, um, it's pretty uncertain and therefore I think our sort of tiny brains can't necessarily cope with that. <laughs> um, I know obviously you, you are, you're on the, the trust at the community, uh, the community trust at the football club. Um, I know you, and you want to talk a little bit about kind of what the, what the trust was doing and, and, and that kind of thing and stuff in the community. Just, just before we do that though, how are you, how are you coping without the football? Oh, Come on now, that's just, uh, you know, you're, you're raising these things into my mind. I've got to try and be proactive about my yes. response to this. I know, she went um, you straight you straight away there on the on the video call we're on. You went straight for your collar, bit of air down there. Just, just, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell, yeah, you can tell I get very nervous. So how, how do I feel about the football? I think I just noticed actually, just saw that um, things have been cancelled now to April the 30th. Yeah. So, you know, just as we're seeing... Uh, all these like things being called off, like the Euros and the Football League and the Premier League, and then you know the Eurovision. You know what we're going to do about that? <laughs> you know these are. You yeah. know the, it is a bit. It is a bit of a worry, and and you know how we get back to normal is going to be an interesting factor, and maybe that's something for another day. Um, but I think there are many things that we can be doing, and I think a lot of that comes down to community and connection. And it, and it's interesting you mentioned there about sort of. Um, the trust. Yeah. It, the, the reason I wanted to raise the trust was just because the amount of connection that I have had, well, that I've, a I've noticed in the town, uh, I think was already starting to take shape. I think the independent scene for food, drink, and hospitality is fantastic uh, here in the town. You know, compared to when I started living here 13 years ago, 14 years ago, um, they're a brilliant sector. They've massively come together during the past few weeks. And there's lots of sharing of, of information, new ways of working, all that sort of thing. And um, I'd also like to say that, you know, our, our Reading Voluntary Action, the local sort of voluntary community sector partner, um, are doing a really positive job of trying to bring uh, 
all the different agencies together to try and sort of mobilize a community response. And for me, when you think about that, you know, that's so heartwarming that A, there are people there that, that are willing to care and help, and B, that there are those organizations, these voluntary sectors that we should be very proud of that do such a good job around the town. Um, I, I think back to uh, the conversations that I've been having over the over the past few months with colleagues in, in the mental health and emotional well-being sector. And, you know, they are so mobilised to help and they are so motivated to support people that are experiencing problems or trouble in their life um, that it actually makes me feel that we can get through anything. And believe me, this coronavirus um, is a massive thing. <laughs> you cannot underplay it at all. Um, and so what's really helpful and what's really motivating is, you know, seeing the independent scene, the likes of Double Barrel we talked about the other day, you know, they've got, you know the guys over there are brilliant. You know, we recognise that their models are going to are going to struggle. You know, there's barbershops that we know of, you know, blue collar closed down. Uh, you know, these guys are fantastic advocates for the town. But from what I know as well is that they're absolute advocates for better mental health and emotional well-being. Um, and we need to be supporting them as much as, you know, say the voluntary sector is supporting us or, you know, whatever it might be. And I, that's what really sort of fills me with a lot of positivity. Um, the trust have put their hat in the ring. Um, you know, we've had to stand down a lot of our schoolwork. Um, so, you know, we've got a load of fit and able uh, young people that work on the team. Uh, you know, they're ready to help where they can. We're also uh, freeing up some of the, the minibuses. So, you know, we're going to make those available for, for any sort of, you know, any any requirements on that side. Um, and we're just ready to sort of stand amongst, you know, stand amongst our communities and try and help as much as we can. Um, and for me personally, I think they're the sorts of things that you will, that we will really embrace and really start to sort of feel that whilst we might all be separate, we might all be isolated, you know, keeping in touch via social media within reason, you know, not letting it become a stressor, um, getting out, you know, helping your next door neighbours, uh, you know, keeping active, um, yeah, learning new skills, connecting to different people across, uh, you know, across the world, across, you know, across our town or you know, whatever that might be. I think, so I really think we will come out of this so much stronger as a community and as a population, not just in the town, not just, you know, Berkshire or the southeast, but right across the country and the world. Sounds very worthy of that, doesn't it, Tom? But it does. No, 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 no. I, I think, um, I think you're probably uh, putting into words what a lot of people, I hope, are thinking. Um, it certainly feels like there's a there's an awful lot going on. That that it's good. It's a good time to just sit and think about things as well. I think uh, we've just started a section on the on the podcast called uh, we we were gonna we we weren't quite sure what was it called because obviously some people are going through some terrible times, but we decided to call it making the best of it. And I think um, yeah. I think that kind of file that under that really, and just you know we come out stronger that that sort of thing. And um, James, it sounded like there are ways that people could kind of help if they wanted to help, if they wanted to get in contact, if they had ideas. How can they do that? Yeah, so I think there's a number of things, isn't there? I mean, I, I've spent the past couple of months thinking about that the, the fact that Reading doesn't have a hashtag properly. Yeah. Do you know that, Tom? Would you agree with that? I think so. We we did try using RDG UK. I don't know how well that works, but yes, I, I, I think... think that's a good one. I think that's a good one. But I, I sometimes get the sense that we don't necessarily sort of engage on that. And I would be really keen that yeah. we try to sort of have one uh, sort of um, uh, tweet, Twitter. Oh, God. I'll show you my age now. Twitter handle. No, <laughs> hashtag. hashtag. Hashtag, that's the one. 
um, so you know I think that would be really helpful as a starting point I think seeing those um, seeing how the indie businesses have come together I think is a really positive yeah. start I think you know we need to be coming together under a under a bit of a banner and I think something like a hashtag would be helpful in the social media space um, the RVA Reading Voluntary Action uh, they have uh, several um, they're on their website they've got a coronavirus uh, or COVID-19 page on there which allows you to both access some resources it can also help if you're willing to put uh, to volunteer some time um, you know bearing in mind obviously that you've got to consider and I'm not talking uh, sort of with my NHS hat on here, but, you know, when we're thinking about offering ourselves out for volunteering or helping our sort of neighbours and so on, we have to think how well are we as individuals before you even start yeah. engaging with people around you. But um, that's what I would suggest. I'd suggest go to the RVA website, get on Twitter, try and support as many people as possible. Um, there's loads here that we could talk about, but there's things like, you know, if you are working from home, you know, get set up, you know, wake up at the normal time, get yourself ready, you know, don't allow yourself to fall into those sorts of uh, negative habits. You know, yeah. that includes things like, you know, uh, too much sugar, caffeine, alcohol, you know, eating, whatever it might be. Um, and just try to sort of take breaks. Like actually sort of, again, we're talking about forgiving yourself, you know, don't feel as though you've got to sort of, you know, work your straight hours, you know, if you're at home, uh, um, you know, actually sort of take the time out to consider actually I need to stop now because yeah. as, like I said, I've had the colleague, I've had my colleague who's, who's been in isolation for a while now. And, and she said that, you know, she's craving things that she never thought she would. And that is interaction with her colleagues, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> You know, craving the structure of a of yeah. a day. You know, because you will find yourself on your email. I was on my email till nine nine o'clock at night last night. You know, just trying to get emails off, and and actually, that doesn't help. So I think there's lots of things we can do from a self management perspective. We can connect with our communities. We can you know look at the sort of the structured ways of doing that with our communities through things like Reading Voluntary Action or you know via Twitter and social media trying to support each other. I think that's a really good positive place to start. James, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I know we discussed this before we started recording, but we'll have you on um, a couple of times uh, over the next few weeks, hopefully, if anybody has anything they want to ask, any questions, uh, and, and go on. No, I, I was just going to say, sorry, Tom, it sounded like you just read my mind there because uh, <laughs> we can see each other. Um, I just did want to say one more thing and not yes. to jump over you, but no, 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 please um, it's important to know, and, and this is something that we're going to have to be really clear about, is that there are many people that won't have the luxury of working from home. So actually, you know, there could be people in retail, there could be people in other industries, smaller businesses and so on and so forth that could have some really quite sort of, you know, very challenging times at this point, you know. And I think um, if you can or if you do find yourself, if we can help by, you know, sort of offering up some of the you know potential areas that might be able to assist with, you know, there's citizens' advice, um, there's, you know, support from your unions if you're in a union, uh, the money advice service, um, you know, any of those sorts of helping sort of type services. And maybe we should think about if you want me to write up a list or something yeah, to, that might yeah. be of use. But also any other sort of, you know, gambling or alcohol or addiction services, you know, the Samaritans are a really, you know, yeah. positive sort of, you know, 
organization to speak to if you find if you find yourself in an unfortunate situation as a result of this then don't be afraid to reach out to people don't be afraid to reach out to your family and friends um people will listen and you know there's more to I know it feels like you're in a very difficult position at the moment, but there are ways that people can have those conversations. And I just thought it's helpful to, we need to be thinking about everyone in the society, in our society, yeah. not just those people that we think will be, you know, working from home or trying to deal with new family life, you know, in a different context. There may also be those other people that are facing some real, real dire straits at this point. Yeah, I, th- I think uh, actually now you now you sort of say that a, a big list of useful phone numbers on the Berkshire Live website would would probably be quite useful as well. So perhaps we'll have a chat about that. Um, James, thank you very much for coming on and, and speaking to us. We'll uh, we'll be in touch. Yeah, cheers, Tom. All the best. Thank Hope you. everyone stays as positive as they can. Cheers. Same to you, mate. This is Fort Explained It All. Okay, that was James Carter uh, from NHS Thames Valley and Hampshire talking to us a bit about mental health. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a big thing if and when we are all made to uh, stay at home, stay indoors. Um, obviously, we don't know if that's going to happen yet, but it's just just good to good to talk to someone. Um, we will try and get James back on a few times on the podcast over the next few weeks and months. Um, if you do have questions for him, then please please do let us know. Um, Jeremy will be up shortly to let us know how you get in touch with us, but you can also catch us on Twitter and Facebook, so do go and find us. Um, we are just going to round off. We we sort of we part the random question for now because none of us are going out and doing anything, uh, and sometimes that does rely a little bit on us sort of being active, So and we're not. So um, I wanted to, or we, we decided we were going to just stop, finish off with a little bit of positive news. Uh, Rach, you had some positive news. Um, yes, I heard that. Um, I mentioned that Rich's shop has which shut. Shop, which shop week. is it? Which shop is that? It's shut. It's the Dr. Martin's shop. A fine establishment. Oh, man. Wait, you can't get a an appointment. A fine establishment. If you um, if you How pop you know into a doctor? yes, Doctor Doctor Martin's is closed for appointments. If you pop um, into, however, um, the positive news is that the the stores in China have all started to reopen, which suggests they're kind of on the mend. Which, well, that is good news. Which is a, a positive thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I know people are saying, yeah, but they've been fighting Corona since whenever oh, it was, yeah. December or before. Uh, so that's like three or four months. But they've also caught on the hop. So hopefully yeah. we are marginally more better prepared. And um, yeah, so hopefully it's a good sign. That is uh, that is rather good news. Um, Rach, if you do pop in to see Doc Martin, does he often put the boot in? He does. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, he's got a lot of soul. Oh yes, um, yes. You were telling me you found the other soul for my shoe, uh, which I'm very excited about. That uh, I'm walking around with one soul in my. Is it? It's an insole, isn't it? I've got. Um, but you found it. Rich has found insole. the other, which I'm very excited. I'm walking around in my boots a little bit um, lopsided at the moment, which is uh, <laughs> which is fun. Do you want to know what mine is? My positive news. Yeah. Does, does Hugh? Because I is he is he is he dashed off somewhere? 
I'm here. Oh, there he is. No, I've, I've got to, Tom, I've yep. got a call at two. I've got to leave any minute. Okay, um, I'll just do this and then you go and then we'll just wrap up. Um, okay, my, my one is uh, beer drive throughs are now a thing. You can go to a brewery, you can get beer delivered to your car, obviously pay for it contactless, and then you can go home and drink it, which is very exciting. You thought Starbucks drive throughs on the motorway were good? Well, now there's beer drive throughs Obviously, don't pop the cap while you're in the car. But yeah, that was my good news. So, um, Just very quickly, that um, what I've seen, um, I've done a piece on it for the website, hopefully coming up in the next few... Uh, few days is that a number of groups have been set up by local people who want to do their bit to make sure that the elderly and the vulnerable um, people around their areas are helped with as much as they can with shopping medicine food making sure making sure they're not if they have to go into isolation they're not completely isolated and that is one of the very good things that has come out of this um that people are using their spare time if they are off work or they're working at home to help out others less fortunate than them. This is very good news. Nice one, Hugh. Excellent news. Okay. Um, well, if you've got anything to add, if anybody's got anything they add, if any feedback, if you want to talk to James, if you want to uh, give us some positive news, if you'd like to tell us what you're going through, um, how you are going to make the most of it, then here is Jeremy with how you can get in touch. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, don't forget, if you know someone we should be speaking to uh, on the show, please do get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. If you have a moment, please give us a rating on your podcast app. And if you have time, please submit a review. We will be back next week, won't we, Hugh, for more Reddingy podcast goodness. Yes. Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast.